0: Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast, I'm your host Sam Ficini, we're presented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, dear Kurtenbach is here. We haven't talked to him in a month because he's been traversing all over planet Earth to make plans for a wedding, to go on like a what like a united states trip like how, how do we want to define the trip you just went on
1: chaos complete chaos um anytime that you can go i i, I dominated the pacific northwest and scotland which are more or less the same thing so uh it, yeah it was it, it, i get one month off a year right and uh it, it started with a, a, a trip to seattle as per usual my fiance's family's up there but The the defining moment of the trip, I'm getting on a flight in Seattle. We're going to Scotland. It is 3 o'clock Pacific time, just about 3 o'clock Pacific time, (laughs) June 30th. And so I'm getting on the plane. I just get a text saying it's going to be the Nets. Uh, I may or may not have written enough, pre-written enough to, uh, to cover my ass in that situation. So I'm getting on a plane begging for there to be Wi-Fi and luckily Norwegian air came through and everything else from there was kind of a blur. But, uh, yeah, you, you don't know stress like getting on a plane right as NBA, uh, tampering season officially ends and, and free agency officially starts and not knowing if you'll have Wi-Fi for a 10 hour flight. What is, uh,
0: what is the Norwegian
1: air Wi-Fi like Dieter? It's, it's not great. I'll tell you what though, for the 15 extra bucks, you can get a steady stream above new Brunswick and, uh, Really incredible, really incredible. Living in the age that we live in, and uh, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I, I wrote two columns above Greenland, so uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be complaining about technology for a very long time. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, we're gonna talk uh, today about some of that tampering stuff. We're gonna uh, talk about the Wizards front office moves where they decided to just give Tommy Shepard the job and bring in some interesting names to support him. Uh, We're gonna talk about the Knicks offseason because Knicks fans keep yelling at me about how their team is actually good. Um, The Warriors, because Dieter covers the Warriors, as he just alluded to. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the World Cup, and we'll probably bounce around everywhere in between. We're sponsored today by Bet Online and Manscaped. So uh, we'll get into those at some point in a little bit here. But let's start with the Clippers' introductory press conference here, because, oh man, oh Stevie. (laughs) Stevie B. Wings, wings, wings,
1: wings, wings.
0: Stevie B is a legend. Uh, Steve Ballmer is... Just seems like the greatest human being to work for. There was just such genuine joy on his face. He got to introduce Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul George today. They brought the entire front office out. Like You could see Lee Jenkins yeah. sitting in the uh, front row. You could see Michael Winger. You could see uh, Lawrence Frank was obviously there. It, it was just like a – it seemed like a cool event. It seemed a little over the top maybe, especially by yeah. Clippers standards because they're trying to – pigeonhole themselves into being that like super uh super hardworking and gritty and mm-hmm. everything franchise but nonetheless it seemed like a really great atmosphere i did not go i chose once i heard uh that this do you regret this decision i was like no there's no way there's gonna be way too many people there and i'm good just kind of doing what i do here
1: uh i, I understand why balmer's amp one balmer like has that natural energy that natural uh exuberant nerd energy but uh it, this it. is a, this is and that's great. It's authentic. Um, and, and we're looking for authenticity around here. But this but like is like talk
0: a, to people who work for the Clippers yeah. and they're like, this guy is the greatest person to work for because he just gives you what you need. Exactly. And then he's just like excited about it at the end of the day.
1: He hires smart people and he trusts them to do their job. And he's a believer in in the people that he delegates responsibilities to. What more could you ask for from an owner? I mean, it also helps that uh, he he doesn't really have to worry about the bottom line of his team, unlike a lot of other owners in an NBA where teams are still losing money. Like that's a really good, positive thing at the same time. Uh, this is a culmination in many ways and I, I think there will be another one down the line here as soon as uh, MSG and the Clippers stop feuding over Inglewood but you know getting Paul George getting Kawhi Leonard is a culmination of a, a lot of what Ballmer wanted to do when he bought the team for two billion and that was a lot of money back then and now seems laughable but it, 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 it's legitimizing the Clippers, right? um, it's 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 something that Only a few years ago would have been really difficult to imagine that the best player in the NBA, arguably, and a guy coming off a championship and one of the best two-way players in the league, if not the best two-way player in the league, like that those guys choose the Clippers, especially with the Lakers also pursuing like that. That is a very big deal for Ballmer. It shows that the tide has turned um, from where this team was when he bought it and and certainly well before that. Uh, And and if they get that new stadium and I, I... I hear that they will hear fairly soon. Um, that, that's just another another positive, and um, yeah, I mean that, that's that's Balmer in so many ways. Yes, he's in, empowering people around him and hiring smart people and all that. But that's Balmer, and, and that's that's the culture change. And I, I'd be excited too if uh, if I was the preseason favorite to win the championship, according to some odds makers. Penny's excited about Stevie B she should be too she's got that that positive nerd energy going
0: yeah yeah this dog here who just uh looks at me longingly all day just like hey are you gonna pat me now are you gonna pet me <laughs> it's literally her job all day it's just like sitting on my lap or sitting next to me on the couch and going hey are you gonna pet me now that'd be It's great. good to have
1: a purpose you know
0: she does she does have a purpose in life it's peeing shitting uh eating Get and pat. staring me and asking for cuddles there it is um so yeah no i it seems like the Clippers are in an incredibly good circumstance right now for all of the reasons that you just mentioned. It, it just goes to show that ownership continues to be the biggest differentiating factor in the NBA, right? Uh, we can see on one level just within this fight for Inglewood, right? We've got the Clippers on one side, we've got the Knicks on the other side. Uh, the Knicks can't get a player to go play for them at a high level, at least, unless they overpay them, uh, despite the fact that they play in MSG, despite the fact that they play in New York, which is a really appealing city for players to go play in, uh, because their owner just doesn't have the kind of gravitas that someone like Balmer does, honestly. I mean, right. uh, I, I think that Balmer's influence in all of this should really give like knicks fans hope and, and like fans of you know big market teams that uh don't have the most sterling reputation around the nba like the fact that it can be turned around this quick like balmer is what owned the clippers for like three or four years now Ooh, it might be longer than that
1: um is like the controlling
0: geez. owner though well, I mean, he bought...
1: I'm, I'm looking it up. Hold on. Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, honestly, he bought them in May 2014. So five pre- years. Yeah. Five years. Yeah.
0: So it took him five years to turn this thing around. And, and like... Look, the and Clippers. it's been like
1: positive. It's not like they sucked last year. Like they 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 have been building towards a really positive thing. They had to make some really tough decisions on some players. Blake Griffin, uh, who they resigned and then traded. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, same thing, I guess. Sort of, kind of. No, not really. Um, like they, they, they had, they, they did. Yeah, yeah, they had to. They had to blow it up in a way. And frankly, they kind of got some addition by subtraction in, in maybe both of those guys, even though they're both great talents and, uh, and they put themselves in a position to do this and it wasn't really a total moonshot because they were so competent leading up to this, but they they were building up for this for years. There's a reason Bruce Bowen didn't, doesn't have a job with the Clippers anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Ooh, grabbing the, uh, grabbing the collar on that one. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, it's it just like the Clippers were such a laughing stock for so many years. Like, right? The Clippers were a bigger laughing stock than the Knicks are right now. Yes, like one hundred percent, questionably.
1: Don't forget that LeBron didn't want to play for the Clippers. Like when LeBron was going to become a free agent, one of the things that was widely spoken, widely reported, it was out there. I don't think it would take anyone too long to find it. Was LeBron doesn't want to play for the Clippers because that brand doesn't have any regalness to it. There's nothing positive about it. And, and to this day, people have argued that when Ballmer bought the Clippers, he should have rebranded the team and literally named it whatever the hell he wanted because the Clippers brand. And that's really all we're dealing with in a lot of places, even though he paid $2 billion for it. He paid $2 billion for the Los Angeles part. But the Clippers brand was so toxic that, um, and, and so... Uh, Synonymous with losing and losing uh, via not trying hard, uh, that that they should have changed it. And now the Clippers are synonymous with competence and winning. Uh, that that is incredible in five years in, in any time frame. Five years is preposterous. And you look at that bet that Ballmer made with the two billion. People have always suspected that maybe he'd move the team to where he lives in Seattle. Um, one, getting Kawhi and Paul George, which I guess were, was necessary to get Paul George in order to get Kawhi, but getting those guys means that the Clippers are going to stay in Los Angeles forever, and uh, it, it only further validates that $2 billion price tag, which he put up, which again, I said earlier, is like laughable now. Every team is worth $2 billion. Uh It was funny money to him. He did it so that he could absolutely have it, and he wouldn't have to get into a bidding war, and it just what a great investment it, is, it has turned out to be for him, and, and what a great pick adam silver made uh in going with Ballmer and and kind of getting that number to where it was so that he would actually pony up because he, he he stands out as one of the best owners in the nba and there's a lot of bad owners we talk about them a lot and there's a lot of really good ones he's in the good camp and uh beyond these two players which certainly take the clippers to another level you would just be betting on the clippers Ah uh, year in and year out to exceed even you know modest or even high expectations because of the competence that they have. That's crazy to me. It's just totally crazy to me. It's a complete 180.
0: like they, they still haven't made like a Western conference final yet. but think think about the fact that the Clippers have made the playoffs seven of the last eight years, right. Like right. that's not normal. And even in the year where they missed the playoffs, they still finished forty two and forty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just kind of crazy. Like for people like me, like grew up with the clippers being like a joke. You know, totally Um, Totally. like the Clippers didn't make the playoffs basically all but one time um, from the time I was eight until the time I graduated college.
1: That's crazy. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. That's what we knew them for. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were fun for you know, 45 minutes here and there throughout that span, and they were always you know the hipster's favorite team because it was easy to buy low. You could get the stock for a penny, and if you ever had to sell it down the line, you would probably sell it for more than a penny, but it stayed a penny stock for a really long time, even when they were fun. And uh, it, it, to be fair, the perception of the team was changing well before Ballmer bought it. Right, like it, When you get Blake Griffin, then people started to perk up. You get Chris Paul after the Lakers' uh, voided trade. Clearly, they were uh, a, a positive team in the NBA for a long time. But let's not forget that even after you get rid of those two generational players, franchise best players, um, they never tanked. And they, they still put out a really competent lineup um without those guys and and made the playoffs and gave the warriors uh as much as anyone gave them up until the raptors and uh that that's because they have a strong identity and they have a strong culture and all that stuff and um god god knows that uh there would be a lot of other fan bases that would be begging for steve Ballmer and all the people that he's hired to just give them an ounce of of what he's given the clippers
0: yeah, no question. And they pay well based off of NBA salaries, like from sure. someone who, you know, I've, I've, you know, I live out here in L.A. Like I've talked to a lot of people who've worked with Clippers like that. Everyone is just extremely like happy to be there. Like mm-hmm. it's one of the hardest working front offices in the uh, NBA just because it kind of comes from the top down with warrants but like everyone who works there knows what they're getting into and is incredibly happy to be there. It's very uh it's very different than what it's been in the past and I think the big thing is just competence like you said and I mean now now they have Kawhi, they have Paul George and I think that that's why they have those guys is because of that unbelievable level of competence uh which again uh this is the Clippers we're talking about. It's uh it's a totally bananas thing that this is something that's happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, how much credit do we give to Lee Jenkins for all of this?
0: Like two percent. <laughs>
1: I mean, listen, I two think, two I might think be strong. Of, yeah, I think the world of Lee. I don't. I don't know if any of it goes to Lee, but I did love how. Uh, and clearly, this was accidental, just knowing Lee a little bit. Uh, like how during this Balmer um, developers, developers, developers two moment. Uh, the camera just cuts to Sam Cassell and Lee Jenkins sitting next to each other like three times on the NBA TV feed that I watched. And uh, <laughs> it's just like you, that, that. It highlights the point that you made about everyone being happy with the Clippers because not one person was like cringing. Like everyone was like into it and laughing and like we're all having fun like that. That's a big deal because I'm not sure I wouldn't have been able to, to hold back the cringe uh, as an outsider like yeah it's just like oh this is steve you know what i mean yeah. like it just is what it is yeah. are you uh, are takes, you with it me takes a, it takes a lot to normalize that kind of weird man it takes are, are you
0: with me that you think uh the clippers are very clearly the favorite to win the title
1: no no i'm not i i, I, I to be fair i haven't uh really ground down and figured out what i 100 percent believe about this season they're certainly like, in the in the category of like the two or three teams that you know need to be title or bust but man given i just don't know yet i just don't know yet
0: yeah like i would have them at like plus 200 right now like if i was making like what odds, are they going at right now? um they were at like plus 350 or so and like okay. pretty equal favorites with like the lakers and teams like that let's yeah. let's go to bet online let's let's hit up that uh that advertisement now we'll just go to bet online and talk yeah. about uh what the what the odds are for the nba championship I'm um
1: you, you got it up Yes, Clippers at three fifty, Lakers at plus five hundred, Bucks at plus five hundred, the Rockets. So the
0: Lakers have jumped a little bit then.
1: Yeah, this is as of July twelfth. So uh, in the last twelve days or so, this this could have shifted again. But uh, it is bet on lines odds on the twelfth. Uh, finish it out here. The Rockets at plus eight hundred, the 76ers at plus uh, nine hundred, the Nuggets at fourteen hundred, the Warriors at fourteen hundred, and the Jazz at fourteen hundred.
0: Jazz at 14 isn't bad, I will say. That's that. a
1: really good one. I like the Sixers at plus 900. I, um,
0: so I like the Sixers to win the East, because the Sixers to win the East would probably be like plus 400, something like that. Uh, yeah, that seems about right. So you could probably get four to one, and I think they match up really well with the Bucks now.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. And you, you're I'm betting on further progression, specifically with Simmons, but also with Embiid a bit. So, I mean uh beyond that i mean uh, one injury i think really and and this is the case for every team but now that they're the odds on favorite you view them a little bit differently like uh, kawhi's calf acts up again or paul george who's coming off of two surgeries uh both you know the shoulder one uh specifically uh disconcerting like either one of those guys goes down and their advantage over the field. Uh, it is totally negated. The Lakers are always going to get positive odds because they're the Lakers, and they are good, but um, not totally sold on it. And, and I don't think that that roster is complete, uh, at, at least. I, I, I expect them to make a move in the, in season to get somebody else, maybe not a premier guy, but at least a, a clear starter. Um, the Rockets at plus 800 is laughable to me. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I, re- I really like that Sixers plus 900, and, and I wouldn't be totally – I think there's value in Warriors plus 1,400, even though uh, that could be a, a complete tire fire. Like the upside is – the ceiling is still extremely high. It's just that the floor is way lower than it, it, it has been for six years. Yeah, no, I'm- i agree with
0: that uh look bet online is going to offer you an extra 50 percent added into your sports betting bankroll on your first ever deposit at betonline.ag simply use that promo code clns50 uh while making your initial deposit and your 50 percent bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds to maximize your earn you can score up to a thousand dollars worth of free plays from this one deposit look uh a minimum deposit of twenty five dollars is required to qualify for this bonus. Uh, you'll receive a 50% bonus on this qualifying first deposit only. Um, you know, ev- all free plays expire in 30 days, unless otherwise stated, uh, mm-hmm. But look, just see Bet Online's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. It's baseball season; you can throw futures down on the NBA like we've been talking about. Go to BetOnline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 uh, to go on ahead and uh, just try and make some money. Like that, that's what we're here for. It's baseball season; like you have to you have to go back to covering baseball, Dieter. Like
1: no, 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 no. NFL training camp starts soon enough, thank God.
0: Yeah, like you've got. You've but got I, the A's. I
1: have to. I have to keep an eye, like. But, but, Somehow the Giants became good right before the trade deadline and will probably turn back into a pumpkin the second they don't trade everybody at the deadline like they'd been planning for months. And the A's are consistently excellent and consistently ignored. So I got got to play it by ear a little bit, but uh, I I think the people crave the NFL content a little bit more. And uh, with training camp starting on Friday, I can just dive into that.
0: It's legit pretty funny that the Giants are like within two games of – maybe they're they're within
1: they're within two and a half games of hosting the wild card game jesus christ and like don't don't worry it's definitely gonna stick around i mean it's it's for sure gonna stick (laughs) and
0: they're like the pirates are only seven games out of the wild card like this is this is where i'm at like i'm but aren't the pirates gonna be sellers like see i can't tell yet because they gotta get rid
1: of that sweet ass closer they got
0: like if i was them like i would deal felipe vasquez in a heartbeat just because like the dodgers
1: would give you anything right well dodgers, maybe not anything
0: the dodgers might give you like alex verdugo or something like insane
1: um yeah i um, i don't know like that's the, that's the other thing like i i even though and, and listen this is i'm i'm no baseball insider here but i hear some stuff and uh as much as it doesn't seem as if there's any sellers at the deadline, um, it doesn't seem as if any of the teams that are buying are going to go too crazy either. Like it, it, it just feels like everything's in a holding pattern, maybe until the final like twenty four hours or so.
0: I mean, like think about like what the Yankees traded. Like the Yankees traded Glaber Torres, or the Yankees got Glaber Torres right. for Errolis Chapman. Like, and that worked
1: out for the Cubs. And if it hadn't, it would have gone down as one of the worst trades of all time.
0: Right. Like Andrew Miller. So like, for instance, he got Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield when both those guys were top 50 prospects. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of those have worked out like crazy. Like they've since moved Sheffield to Seattle. Right.
1: Right. Um, he's still a high prospect there and, and Frazier right. is probably Frazier might be the best player moved at the damn deadline because he's the odd man out in the Yankees outfield.
0: So like, it's just, a to me, like if I can go out and get like, Two top fifty prospects, or go out and get like a ridiculous prospect. This but, this should be a no brainer for a but. The, for but a like, here's option. the thing:
1: like, I, I drove from Chicago to, to Oakland over the last week or so, and I popped. I, I got to get XM for that drive, and I listened to a lot of MLB Network radio because for, for some reason it's just a dominant force on the XM dial, and it the amount of conversation there were there was about like prospects. And not like beyond the top 50 guys, but even even in that, like just commonplace, like this is a guy, this is a guy, like no explanation, no minor scouting report, just a presumption from the hosts in the middle of the afternoon in baseline conversation, no deep, you know, this isn't like prospects hour or anything. This is just general, you know, radio conversation. They're talking about these prospects across the board, across the country, all 30 teams as if they are completely known entities. And that was the case in every single damn show. Like, I I think that teams straight up because of the structure of baseball these days and with the luxury tax threshold, um, the value of prospects has almost become like massively overrated, uh, for most organizations. And they're so afraid to give up big talent like the Cubs did, like the Yankees did, ironically, uh, that they're just going to kind of stand pat and, and hope that things work out with their farm systems. Like no one seems to want to win now. Everyone's sort of winning now and then also winning in the future. And it's like really only the Dodgers and like the Yankees can really pull that off. But everyone's trying to be them because they're the best teams. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's just a very strange, strange world. Like a- everything has shifted so much in baseball in three or four years. and And I, I don't know for the better.
0: It is kind of weird. I think the part of that is like I talk about this with like it's part of the reason that I love doing draft coverage, right? It's sure. because I tend to be like you can you know me better than most people. Like, like I hope. tend to I try to be more of a positive person on yes. things, right?
1: Yes, that is that is your role, and I I typically hold a different one.
0: But like I think that that's why I like doing it because part of what I do is I don't want to say I sell hope mm-hmm. to people. No, no, like, no. But I, I, I know exactly. Yeah like why someone should be helpful. You don't have
1: to you don't have to be negative. You can find when it's when you're when you're dealing with sort of uh <laughs> things that are yet to be truly defined or mm-hmm. or you know um, speculative in nature. You can take the straight positive stance. You can ignore the the negatives or at least downplay the negatives and and let people enjoy the pot, you know, the positives of the situation.
0: So like if I'm the I'm trying to think here. Like if I'm the Dodgers and I have three of the top like 15 prospects in the majors right now, and my goal is to just like upgrade my bullpen and I have Kenley Jansen is uh, a righty and then right. I can get Felipe Vasquez as my lefty compliment to that. I'm yeah. probably giving up one of those guys.
1: I don't disagree It's not as if all of those guys can help. I mean, you don't give up may uh, they're because they're, he's going to be part of the rotation next year. If not this year, um,
0: right. like it's either Lux or Ruiz.
1: Give I think he give, you give up a Reese because Lux, Lux is probably going to be the starting second baseman for this team for the rest of the year. I mean, once he gets called up, unless he really struggles, like he just hasn't gotten out. He hasn't gotten out in like three months. I've clearly listened to a lot of MLB network radio over the last I love this. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> weeks. But like you can't get rid of Lux. Like everyone knows that he's the thing. Maybe, maybe it's a nice sell high, but man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, But like the, the it, other team that makes a lot of sense to me is
0: Minnesota. Right, like if you're Minnesota, I'm not saying you're going to mm-hmm. go out and get fucking Royce Lewis or anything, but right. like maybe going to go like Alex Kirilov. Like, uh, no,
1: no, no, no. Like, I wouldn't. I would worry more if I'm Minnesota about their starting pitching because you have Barrios. Like, if you're going to continue to hold off the Indians, Barrios is going to have to be the dude. So that's just sort of built in, and I, I think he's a true ace. I think he's totally awesome, and, and they have some nice to steal a term from pitcherless Tobies in the rest of the rotation. But, like, I, I think you, I think if you're the Twins, you have a solid enough arm system, like, you can go out and maybe even you move uh, an, an everyday major leaguer or, or somebody who's kind of on the fringe of your 25, and you go out and get a controllable starter for another couple of years, like a Robbie Ray um I don't think I think Stroman's a free agent at the end of the year, but you go out and you get like a a, a young, cheap guy who not only is he going to help you this year hold off the Indians, but you're also going to have him as sort of a number two to Barrios going forward. Because Kyle Gibson, uh, Missouri guy, uh, has been pretty decent for them this year uh, and kind of holding that. I think he's like the third or the fourth starter on the team. Uh, They they Martin Perez, too yeah but like i mean are we really trusting these guys like how many times is barrios gonna have to pitch in the playoffs like you need another you need another top of the rotation guy a true top of the rotation guy someone who can you know miss bats strike dudes out that you can trust every fifth day because right now i think you really only have one of those dudes as the season progresses and while yeah the bullpen isn't awesome like you can you can get bullpen arms from your own system. It's really hard to find a competent starter out of your own system. Like you can get like a young you know starter who can throw at ninety eight and has a nice slider to give you a sixth inning in September. But man, I, I don't know if you can get a guy to give you six innings uh, from your own system going into September.
0: Well, I, I think we're going to see a lot more. Like you probably will see Minnesota bullpen and game in the playoffs. But like,
1: but we haven't. Uh, maybe this happens. Maybe this is the year. But like bullpenning going in it, and I get it. I get it. This is the, this And by the that, state. I mean, like
0: they'll, they'll start like Paris for like three innings three, or whatever. And you get them to the Holstaff. lineup once. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Like the A's did this last year in the wildcard game and it worked out horrifically. Um, now I understand why they did it in the wildcard game last year. Cause they were playing at Yankee stadium and Yankee stadium is a, a joke of, a of a field. It's like three fifty to, uh, the power alleys. But, uh, like, and Mike Fires is a fly ball pitcher, and it's like, well, we can't have Mike Fires trying to throw seven innings at this band box because he'll give up nine runs. But then they like, gave up nine runs because this, the opener didn't really work, and then you're going Johnny Holstaff for the rest of the game. And, like, the pressure of those situations, I don't know. Um, you're always coming in cold. There's no rhythm. Uh, I, I, I can't recall a circumstance in which bullpenning a game has been successful in the postseason and if you're needing to do it to get to the postseason then you're probably going to need to do it in the postseason and i i just don't think that that's a formula for success maybe i'm proven wrong this year maybe this is the year that the bullpenning finally comes through i still believe bullpens win divisions and, and get you there but um i don't know if you can put that much onus on those you know See, but the a's arms. are
0: gonna do it when they make the playoffs this year anyway
1: yeah but the a's aren't going to do anything in the playoffs forever like this is this is why they don't have the dude this is why bumgarner would be a great pickup for them if they could pull it off but they I would
0: actually be in on that they
1: probably won't do it because they're not they gonna won't. pay them but like and i also and i also don't it doesn't even matter if they pay them like you, you know you're not giving up but i, I feel like uh, the a's are the, the
0: A's are the one team that could probably realistically bullpen a game right now in the playoffs like and feel I think really I, honestly, good about it. I,
1: honestly honestly i think the giants could do it <laughs> The Giants bullpen is awesome. Yeah, the Giants
0: bullpen's pretty nasty. Like, Will Smith's really good to close out games. Like, you you could. They got got two
1: excellent lefties. Uh, They got uh, Maranta, Gott. They got this this kid they threw in last night. I, I can't even pronounce his name. He was just throwing like ninety nine two seamers on the edge, and they're like, this guy was getting lit up in in the Pacific Coast League because every stadium's like Yankee Stadium there. But uh, yeah, just totally nasty. That might be the best bullpen in the National League, which is one of the big reasons why the Giants are kind of making a run right now.
0: Right, but like if you're the A's here and you have you have Hendricks Trevino. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pettit, um you've Joaquin yeah. Soria who's been not
1: uh, great but I don't I don't think Joaquin Soria is on this team <laughs> <laughs> like uh, he's been bad since the start of the year, and, right? Uh, and
0: the, and then you have Blake Trinan who's like dealing with the shoulder stuff. So yeah,
1: he's supposed to. I mean, in theory, he should be coming around here pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. We'll see. I'm uh. I'm, I, I'm I, very intrigued by the idea of teams bullpenning and like the Rays. If the Rays were to make the playoffs, like I have very few doubts the Rays would try and like bullpen a game.
1: Well, listen, I don't mind if the A's bullpen a game with jesus lazardo and aj puck going three four innings a pop like if they just kind of split a start like that'd be cool but because you don't want to you know stretch them out too far but i don't know i i, I do think there's a, a strong negative to bullpenning uh, an actual playoff game uh and not having somebody that you're going to trust for three four innings because you get guys out of their regular role um and, and but, you come in you cold, are trusting compl-
0: someone for three or four innings like the a's by bullpenning it game i mean like not just pitching one guy not like an all-star game i mean like okay let's go with an opener who gets you through three innings or something or gets you through the top of the lineup once (laughs) then you bring in your guy who gets you through three innings you know second half of the order once through the top of the lineup and then you go that way
1: okay i mean yeah that's a little different than the bullpenning that that we just have different definitions i guess um but yeah it's uh that that for sure is going to happen. I don't think there's any question in the world that that's going to happen because that's just how baseball's played for 162. So why would that change in October?
0: Shout out to Bet Online for getting us onto this massive. Uh, Sorry. Massive baseball tangent. I love I love the strategy behind baseball so
1: much. It's I great. do I do love talking baseball. I just have a hard time watching it these days.
0: <laughs> See, I I just like play so much um, the, the show. show now. Yeah. Like I literally bought a PlayStation to play the show in Spider Man. What are so, you, what are you,
1: what, what's your show situation? What, how, what, what, what mode do you play in? What is, uh, uh I'm like, exploring?
0: I'm like 80 games into a franchise mode with the pirates. right Ooh. now. okay. I'm so like, I'm
1: doing like a road to October with the white Sox, And then I think I'm going to do a full, full dynasty for my, uh, midnight to 1am video gaming.
0: Yeah. Shout, shout out Lou Bob for you.
1: Um, <laughs> let's talk about tampering.
0: Let's talk about tampering in the NBA. Actually, uh,
1: the rampant, on. unstoppable force of tampering.
0: So Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst reported that there was a meeting at the uh at Summer League within the owners' meetings that happen there every year, mm-hmm. where tampering was obviously significantly discussed and brought up. Yep. How do you think that teams can go about stopping this? Because I teams? do think that like yeah, because ultimately it's gonna be like owners and teams that stop it, if they do stop it. Right. I don't think they will. So, I think there's who, who's be the biggest
1: an out. Who, who's the who's the biggest outspoken critic of it right now? Mm, probably
0: Michael Jordan. I would say I mean, cheap he's ass not Michael outspoken,
1: Jordan, though. I guess
0: like he's just like within owners' rooms, like clearly speaking about it strongly.
1: Yes, and that's great. That's Michael Jordan. Maybe Michael Jordan can actually play the free agency game like an adult at some point, and, and then he'll have his opinion heard. I would say he's up there, though. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, what do we think here
0: in terms of ways that the league could stop it? Because ultimately, you can't really stop players from it. Like, there is language in the CBA, like saying, hey, we can um, fine players or suspend them if we mm-hmm. find that they're actively recruiting players off of other teams. Well, didn't uh, the
1: Lakers get actually hit for tampering? And like, the
0: Lakers have gotten hit for tampering a couple times. Uh, right. Doc Rivers got hit for tampering earlier this year whenever he mentioned Kawhi Leonard in that uh, yes. ESPN special with like Stephen A. Smith. Uh,
1: Worked, though, worth it. Yeah, I was kind. gonna
0: say hard, hard twenty five grand to get hit for whenever you bring in Kawhi Leonard and he jumps yeah. your franchise value by like two
1: hundred million. Um, you don't, you don't get rid of tampering. You just, you embrace it. It's like pot. Like just, just <laughs> legalize it. So. I think that
0: they are, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to, and by going to, I don't mean embrace tampering. I think there is going to be an adjustment that is made.
1: I think I, if you, I want to hear the adjustment.
0: So I think that what's going to happen is you're going to get hammered by the league. And I think they're actually going to actively investigate teams reaching out early to players. Like Bobby early Portis told Mike Vorkanoff
1: of <laughs> right, The Athletic. Yeah. Right.
0: Uh, oh yeah, the Knicks like reached out to me like five days ahead of time before Correct. free agency started. Correct. You can't Which do is that. Not, like, like Knicks, Nick, the Knicks can't actively reach out the, to somebody. Everybody
1: was doing that though. Like Bob Myers was in New York well before free agency officially started, so that you know Kevin Durant could tell him that he's not like. Th- what did they well, meet happen? Bob Myers can the meet street? with Kevin Durant because it's an incumbent team. It's his own player, but like still, like you, you don't think that. A lot of other guys are just bumping into each other on the street.
0: Oh, I mean, like Woj reported that Kemba Walker
1: was going to the deal. Celtics on like June 27. And how the hell did Al Horford know that he had a better deal available? He wasn't guessing, right? Like, this is- it, here's here's my official stance on it. Yes, you're you're right. They're probably going to do a bit of a dog and pony show about hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut this out. We're gonna up the fines if you you know talk about them in the regular season and all this stuff. Just. Make the window larger. Just say as soon as, if you make the window larger, there's not as much of an incentive to quote unquote tamper um, right before the deadline, like the four or five days ahead of time. Just move the deadline to literally the day after the NBA finals. And just say, after that, have as much conversations as you want. It's totally fair game. And then move the draft until after free agency. So why do you think teams would not like that? Because I think the answer is,
0: like, I think that small market teams don't want uh, their players to be able to be discussed that early in the process. They're, but They're like, being
1: discussed. Like, it's happening anyway. Yeah. So, now, are you hoping that the black market or, or the fact that it's hush-hush saves you? Like, are you hoping that a team is so bad at tampering? Um, which, by the way, I don't know, like, how bad you have to be to actually get caught doing it, considering how rampant it is like you have to be are, exceptionally
0: are they just, bad at it. Like, like the league is, like I don't even know how search. Bad. The league is going to search your phones and like servers. There are so many ways to get around that. Like use WhatsApp, like, or like use a Slack, personal cell phone, use Slack and have the messages be deleted. Like within a day of them. Ha- um. They just call.
1: I mean, it, it, there's only like nine agents anyway. And usually every team has a guy represented, by at least one of those agents and you just say like, Hey, why'd you call? Well, the, the bigger
0: know. problem with it all is it happens at the combine. It happens through the pre-draft process because teams are contacting these agents who have a hundred players like Jeff Schwartz, for instance, or right. Mark Bartlestein or Bill Duffy. Right. Right. And they're trying to call them to get them in for work for workouts and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, what do you think of uh, Kemba Walker?
1: Uh, I mean, what do you think
0: he's going to do? And there's just no way to prove it if it's on the phone.
1: The only the only time that the tampering doesn't seem to work is when you have kind of a boutique arrangement like Kevin Durant and and like Kawhi Leonard. And those guys are superstars. So they get to kind of call They get to call their own shots, certainly. But like they they get to manipulate the teams as much as they want ahead of time and that's totally a okay i don't know like it, it just move just move it just like i don't I don't care if the, the teams like it or not or if the small market teams like it or not like this is happening it's not going to change like no one's going to get together and agree to stop tampering like it's already started and now it's it'd be a massive competitive disadvantage to not tamper If you are a team trying to get a free agent, like this is the way of doing business in the NBA. So you just have to embrace the fact that that is here and that it's not going anywhere, no matter how much you want to find guys or whatever, because free agency is too damn important to the overall health of a team. Unlike in any other major professional North American sport, because you can get a star and one star can add, I don't know, tens of millions of dollars to the value of your value of your franchise they can turn you from the clippers into the clippers uh like well yeah so
0: here, here's what i would say the biggest way to fix tampering and the biggest way to like stop teams from uh or stop players from being put in these situations where they have to make decisions yeah is change the extension process like right now so
1: true very good point
0: the bucks literally can't extend Giannis. You have Correct. to be in the league for at least seven years. Giannis has been through the, been in the league for six years now. So, despite the fact that he has two years left on his deal, and they should theoretically be able to extend him at the thirty five percent max because right. uh, you know he's made the All NBA team or whatever, um, yeah. or he just won MVP, for instance, right? So. Right. They should be very easily within their rights to extend him or at least offer him a max level extension, making as much money as he's going to make with any other organization. They can't do that right now. Teams can't do that right now. The rules are set up currently to where player movement is encouraged because at the end of the day, these guys aren't able to be offered anywhere near their max in an extension. Uh, It's just so unlikely. Like Jimmy Butler, the whole Jimmy Butler disaster uh, Mm -hmm. in Chicago, Minnesota, and in Philadelphia happened because none of them could offer him an extension. Uh, Right. To me, like that's just the easiest or an extension that would have been anywhere near the max that he's making right now in Miami. Yes. The easiest way to make this happen is that you switch the rules to where – teams are able to give extensions uh, for max level money earlier in a player's career. Because I think f- for the most part, if you do want to reduce player movement, and we'll talk about that in a second because I actually don't know the league wants to do that. Um, if you do want to reduce player movement or reduce the tampering that goes on or whatever, uh, the way to do it is through the extension process because you can give the players agency to be able to either make the decision that I'm not going to stay here now and I, I think I still need to see more time and see more of where the league is going. Or they can make the they have the agency decide, no, I want security in terms of money. Maybe they'll try and push themselves out like Anthony Davis did. But at the end of the day, there's just not a whole lot of incentive for teams to deal those guys unless they have two or fewer years on their deal.
1: I, yeah, I, I, I think you're 100% right. I mean, then you add in... Yeah, no, that, 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 that's right. Uh, you you fix the extension process, which I, who would be against that? Who would who would push back against extension reform? I don't think the players would.
0: I don't think the players would. Yeah, I'm I'm unclear on who would not be a fan of that. Like maybe big market teams would be like concerned that players wouldn't hit free agency as fast. But I yeah. still don't think they're gonna. But the other thing like, too is you know you, you can
1: have. You can have an adult conversation like the Warriors have with Steph Curry and said, like, hey, we'll we'll get you on the backside here. But if you could hold on to this, you know, cheap cap hit for the next three years, we can get Kevin Durant and such. And like you can have that adult conversation. So I don't know. I mean, yes, maybe maybe that would be too brazen for the, you know, too obvious for the big market owners to be like, we don't like that because that means we can't poach your small market players anymore or as easily. Like, I don't think right. anyone would, like, openly admit to that. It's just not Kuth.
0: Yeah, I don't know that anyone would openly admit to that. And I don't think the teams would want to openly admit to that. So, like, I just right. don't know that. Like, I feel like the extension process is the easiest way to fix this.
1: I don't know if it totally fixes it. It
0: doesn't way. totally fix it. You're right. But, like,
1: I think but it certainly helps. a long way. Yeah. So, but, does it, but but is that good for the league?
0: That's the next part I wanted to get into. Uh, I think the league likes some of this.
1: Actually. Oh, you think?
0: Uh, well, it causes problems for Adam Silver. Like the owners are pissed right now. <laughs> like the, the, those problems are real for Adam and, Silver.
1: And Adam Silver and Adam Silver just has to point to how much more money they've made over the last four years,
0: right? And that's not just due to the TV deal. The league, the interest in the league has exploded.
1: Can we have a can we have a kind of a, a, a separate conversation about the interest in the league? Yeah. Yeah, you, you are skeptical of this. Yeah. Listen, TV ratings are going to be kind of down across the board. That's just the nature of the, the beast. No one under 30 has cable. Um, we are dinosaurs in, in many, many regards. Um, I don't have cable. I don't know what
0: you're talking about. Okay,
1: sorry. <laughs> but yep, like, Get hey.
0: the fuck out of here with your cable no. stuff.
1: So especially the, the demographics that the NBA caters to, which is young city dwellers. In particular and um, that's a great demographic to have on lockdown but ultimately it's not one that is going to be paying for cable television but um, I, I've thought a lot about Twitter in particular over the last couple of weeks and the echo chamber that it is particularly for the media but also in sort of the uh, hashtag MBA Twitter world and just sort of th- this performative art that happens on that domain that ultimately is inconsequential to, I don't know, 97% of Americans or um, inconsequential, meaning they might hear about it through the grapevine, um, but ultimately is not, it's just not an inclusive mainstream conversation. And the NBA dominates in that kind of relevance. And I'm just wondering if that relevance is valuable in any way shape or form like if that actually yes it's great to be talked about it's great to feel like you have a lockdown on this demographic uh it's it's cool to be cool but does it make you any additional money and is it the position you want to be in because as much as we say that the nfl is you know uh, uncool and uh mostly you know seemingly midwestern dudes drinking 10 beers at a time. is their main patron uh like they just make money hand over fist and will probably be at 20 billion dollars in revenue a year in the near future because people and and a lot of this is structure and schedule and stuff like that and you only have 16 games and whatever but um like they seem to have a good formula and they don't give a shit about cool and and when they do it's so (laughs) painful to watch that they stop doing it pretty fast Whereas the NBA, I think, is maybe banking a little bit too much on the cool factor. And frankly, they've always been cool. And they, they, they've just started to really make money over the last few years. And I'm wondering if this is more of a blip or if it's, um, if it's sustainable.
0: I definitely don't think it's a blip. I do think it's sustainable uh, okay. because even if it doesn't, even, let's say even that you're correct. And that growth on the U.S. side stagnates within the right, NBA.
1: Right. Uh,
0: they've positioned themselves so well internationally Yes. that it's going to continue to grow internationally and the league's going to be more stable because of that.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree with that. I'm, I, I guess the conversation is more to the effect of, is internet relevance valuable? Y- I think yes. Okay, um, I, I'm interested. To, why? Why do you believe that? Like, because I don't think obviously it's only, it has to have something. It has to have something, but is it as valuable as maybe we're making it out to be, or as people believe it is? Because we delude ourselves into thinking a lot of things are important online.
0: Well, I, I don't think it's only Twitter. I also think it's things like Instagram. Um, yes, it's you know Instagram has such a much larger presence among mm-hmm. young people than Twitter does, right? Yeah. pictures versus words, obviously. Hundred percent. Um it has a large presence on youtube which is where a lot of you know let's call them 12 to 23 year olds yes you know something like that uh get a lot of their news get a lot of their video coverage um
1: actually quite frightening how um how much the generation z or whatever the hell we're calling it uh gets from youtube yeah no the they do really, like really well. That's totally anecdotal, and the data backs it up, too. But the so anecdotal part is like, whoa, shit.
0: No, I know. They they do a lot really, really well on YouTube. Um, I, I don't think it's just Twitter. If it was just Twitter, I would agree with you um, yep. that there would be concerns in regard to, like, the growth of the NBA. But I don't think it's just Twitter. I think it's everywhere across the Internet. It is now relevant, and it is growing And it is, in my opinion, uh, sustainable. Uh, I think that across the internet, the growth is sustainable. Okay. okay. So um, it's just whether or not, again, like it it does come back to in regard to like tampering, though. I think that you'll be able to convert it because I think that uh, as older people age, um, fewer people will be getting their advertisements from television and more Mm -hmm. we'll be getting them from online like spaces. So yeah, Yeah, but we, but we,
1: but we know, we know specifically that you would have to do massive impressions and let's, let's be real about. Yeah. I think the massive
0: impressions are coming. And I think that honestly, like on Instagram and like places like that, especially a a big key of this too, is uh, like athlete centric advertising
1: right. uh, if you look at the NBA will always have a massive advantage at
0: right if you look at the numbers uh, on interaction whenever an athlete posts something um, mm-hmm. or a celebrity posts something versus when a brand posts something uh, yes. the the numbers are just insane in regards yes. it's, it's like a factor of like seven or eight in terms of what you can expect from engagement on those things so uh, the NBA has a distinct advantage there the NBA uh, I think is going to find a way to monetize that, particularly NBA players, I think, are going to find a way to monetize that. NBA players will
1: monetize um, it. I I, I am. I would be concerned because the main source of revenue, and, and, and maybe this is just unnecessary hand-wringing. I've certainly been accused of stuff like that before, but the main source of NBA revenue isn't necessarily even ticket sales. It's television rights fees, and particularly for teams, the local ones. And I... I I would be concerned if I was even a mid-market team, much less a small market team, about what, especially with you know, Fox Sports being sold to Sinclair or whatever. Like That, uh, I
0: think, is reasonable. Um, yeah. But for the overall health of the league, I'm just not sure. I mean, like, I feel bad saying this because I love all yeah. of the teams and want them to be happy, healthy organizations yes. and ecosystems. Yeah. But I don't think those teams matter as much to the no, general don't. health of the league which is like no, a problem it, it, for those teams honestly but 100
1: percent. do you think the parody will help the league this year
0: yes i do
1: i don't think so so
0: i i think that the dynasty of the warriors was good yeah. for two years and yeah. i think that helped the league but I think it needed something different this year. I think that we we're starting to get to the point where... Uh,
1: I agree with that. I agree with the Warriors aspect of it. Like, they needed someone other than the Warriors. But I, I think the league has got to be angry that it wasn't the Lakers.
0: Yeah, but the Lakers and Clippers will both be good enough to where they're going to make a shit ton of money. So it's it's fine, I think. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think they needed something different to keep people engaged. Agree on that. A little
1: 100% bit. 100% agree on that. I mean, even I was getting bored. I, I get that. But... Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone likes the concept of parody, but then when it actually shows up, um, this is a very Ethan Straussian point of view. Oh, I, has he mentioned this recently? I, I, again, I've kind of been off the grid, but like
0: with, by like recently you mean 9,000 times
1: in the last three years, I I guess so, man. Like, uh, (laughs) all, all I know is, uh, people love alabama football they think that the nfl has parody but really it's the goddamn patriots every year and the steelers like i think there have been like three quarterbacks out of the afc for the last uh 20 something years uh like people people like the concept of parody but they don't actually like it when it shows actually, up and this
0: this, this is, is a this is a cowardian uh <laughs> rant I
1: feel like okay right well now. then let me take it one step further I think it's because and this is a Bomani Jones point I will I will fully concede this one to him but I think he's 100% correct on this um, people like the concept of parody because it, it, it's, an, it's like the American viewpoint of themselves right like we want to be the superpower on the macro but on the micro we want to believe that everybody's got a chance right and like if you just right. work hard you can work your way up and so that's where the parody comes in like the parody is the micro like everyone's got a chance this year and isn't that great but when it's all said and done they want someone to just be a goddamn juggernaut
0: yeah Um, i agree with that and i think the nfl does a really good job of that they nailed it they nailed it that's why they make money
1: hand over fist every year they get everyone's money at the beginning of the year and then we all watch the same shit at the end of it
0: but basketball just kind of can't do that because it's such an individualized sport like they're they're just the mechanics are just different so
1: um luckily the players will keep making that instagram money though Yes, they will. I, I don't am. feel I don't feel great about the small market teams. <laughs> I, mean, I think Good thing I'll New Orleans got Zion you. because uh, I don't know if the Charlotte Hornets are going to exist. Like that,
0: I think that they're. I agree with you on that. Like I think that small market teams are in. They're they're in a tough spot right now,
1: especially with lottery reform too.
0: Yeah, with lottery reform particularly. Uh, yeah, they're they're in a rough spot right now. I, I would not feel great if I was a small market team.
1: Would you rather be? This this is a I know the answer to this question, but I have to pose it. Would you rather be a fan of the Knicks or I'm trying to think of a Charlotte's like too obvious, um, or the Magic? The Knicks. Yeah, I mean, but like you have a totally incompetent like it, it, that. That shows how dominant the big markets are going to be. Like the Knicks have been nothing but incompetent for a long time, and the Magic are turning into of, competence magic made the playoffs last year and right. like there there's reasons to be optimistic right about what they can be but like
0: so so yeah. maybe maybe it's memphis maybe memphis is the right team here john morant jaron jackson yeah brandon clark just won mvp of summer league um they're in a really really good position with a ton of draft picks going forward yeah um or the knicks
1: but isn't this interesting, though, where like if it's just going to be the big market teams, the, the NBA and silver has been up front about this, has kind of tried to model certain things after European soccer. And we're seeing that in a lot of different realms. Um, the, the international game, the fact that it's a very star driven league and now stars can sort of demand where they want to go and how Um it, it, and this, this FA Cup idea, which it seems to me is going to have to happen if they're going to shorten the regular season schedule, they're going to have to put money back in the coffers in in some way, shape, or form for gate. By the receipts. way, I'm
0: I'm not intrigued by this idea at all. I will say that I
1: I like I, li- I like the idea. I actually I'm a really big fan of the idea, having watched a lot of meaningless regular season basketball games over the last few years. Like I think that cutting it down to 72 and saying if you want that those gate receipts, put out a good team like go at it. But the teams that want to rest their star players can do that for those games. Like, I think that's a good idea. Nevertheless, the point is about the European soccer model. Like the biggest part of European soccer is the fact that there are teams that no matter how good they are, or how good the player is, they'll never be able to keep that player. He'll always go to the Manchester cities. He'll always go to the PSG. He will always go to the real Madrid's and that there is no parody at all. When you really think about it, parody is, is is this no one even suggests that it exists in european soccer there are the haves and the have nots the big dogs and the chum and the nba might be going that way too it, it always has been to a certain degree but maybe now more than ever it, it's morphing into that with the big market teams that are competently run that that caveat's important um standing out as the buying teams and then everybody else in the league essentially being the selling teams yeah uh, that's that's a big fucking problem. That would be, if I'm Adam Silver, that's my biggest issue going forward because if you don't have the perception of the ability to win, right? Like if you can't convince a fan in Memphis that they ever have a chance to win an NBA title, even if everything breaks positively, if the Bucks don't do it and Giannis well, leaves, uh, it's like funny, you're never like, getting that market back. I feel
0: like... Part of this just has to do with, like, we kind of talked about, like, the psychology of Americans versus the yeah. psychology of English soccer fans, right? So, like,
1: yeah. very true.
0: Yeah. No, Leicester fans are towns will stick that around, understand
1: that they are lesser than,
0: right? Like, Leicester fans will stick around Leicester for years upon years because it's just what you do in England. It's just. There's, oh, no,
1: there's no, that, there's well,
0: no alternative that take, there's it,
1: nothing, t- take it to the, take it to the next level. Like if you're a, if you have Memphis Grizzlies season tickets, right? So now we're hitting the gate receipts. Let, let's not use the Grizzlies. Let's use, let's use the, the Sacramento Kings. If this doesn't work out or, uh, or fuck if you have Oklahoma city thunder season tickets, like I'm not paying the same amount of money that I wanted to pay last year. And yes, they're the only pro game in town, But you can travel for 45 minutes and go to an Oklahoma football game like you're only hoping that scarcity of entertainment options will win out in that regard because i would i would for sure sell my thunder season tickets if i held them right now i don't want to see chris paul yell at a bunch of youngsters and and, and steven adams and and know that you don't have a chance after you in theory could have deluded yourself into thinking so over the last i don't know eight years like come on That, that that's not that's not a good business model because the other part now is you can't just tank you you have to mire in this pool of mediocrity or worse until you just get lucky that's just not a good model
0: well i think it's not a good model for american sports because there's just so many more options out there right like
1: even even in a town like oklahoma city there's a lot of other shit to do and people will tune your ass out right in england in whatever if you're you in know. Leicester there's literally nothing else to do. I mean not not to right. sorry if anyone's in Leicester right now listening but like y- you know I'm not lying. It's the like, game spent a in a lot town. of small time in rural UK. Like
0: like if you if you want sport it's the game in town. And right. yeah, in the United States it's just different. It's a totally different model and I think that on some level we are headed toward the have's and have nots
1: we're not we're not as socialist as we once were i mean as much as america loves to i've always marveled at how europe is far more socialist uh or or, uh yeah it's such an oversimplification But let's just say what europe has a much more socialist model of democracy and, and wealth uh sharing and that they're their sports are just like hardcore capitalists. It's the have and the have nots. And in the U S it's a very sort of libertarian culture. Um, and, uh, a lot more conservative in our, our overall federal government and such, uh, with, when it comes to taxes, but in sports, goddamn, I mean, there's no, there's no better socialist machine than the national football league. And the NBA is, is sort of getting away from that. and, We, I I can't think of a good example of a, I mean, I guess it'd be college football and we know exactly what's going to happen in college football this year. And we know what's going on with attendance in college football. Like that's a problem.
0: It's not quite even college football. I feel like it's. It's like its, it's own different it, thing. I really do think, like, European soccer is the route that it's on You, right you
1: now. You, you would – you would, but is that the right route? Is that the route that you would have it go on? Because European soccer, let's be fair, that's the most
0: – Profitable you, thing in yeah. all of world sports right now. Yes. Especially English yes. league soccer.
1: Correct. Correct. But no one's – no like, no one expects Hull to win a championship. No. Like, Leicester was the outlier. Like – like Liverpool's barely big enough to theoretically be a European champion every year or like contend for the European champion. like Liverpool up, is one Liverpool. of the like yeah big big ups but um still like the fact that Liverpool is, has for the last 10 years like sold more than they've bought like they they they've been positive net spend because they've gotten rid of Coutinho and Suarez and all these right. guys and like they've had to be frugal and prudent under American ownership like that model doesn't work when you're going up against you know like oil like literal oil money and not like oklahoma oil money like (laughs)
0: juventus
1: buying half
0: of the soccer world right now
1: correct like well that that's a little different because uh they're the only team in italy that can do it and right (laughs) they've just they've now consolidated their power into even more power but like when you're dealing with you know big three investment money uh it's hard to compete like they don't give a shit about losses they're just trying to launder it yeah it's a problem it's something i'm sure we'll talk about uh in in, uh, more concrete and less uh in the coming decades
0: uh you know yeah game theory podcast 2029 Dieter kurtenbach coming to us from scotland i'll be coming to you from australia uh yeah you know, we'll, 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 be... we'll
1: argue about which currency is weaker.
0: Yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, Support for the Game Theory podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped oh, man. offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 is proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Uh, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using below the belt. That's just gross. Uh, look, we're going to offer you 20% off and free shipping with the code theory at manscaped.com. Uh, 20% off and free, free shipping with the code theory at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Uh, again that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use that code theory Uh, they sent me a trimmer it's a it's a powerful i don't want too many
1: details does it work
0: it works it's a powerful tool Uh, i'm not gonna lie to you i actually just use it on my face uh so it's a good tool i i'm a i am a fan of the uh the beard trimmer it's actually like they don't theoretically yeah. sell a beard trimmer i'm just using it as a beard trimmer uh it's yeah. really good i, I actually her. really like it. it has great tools to get there it's great i love it actually
1: L- last last thing you <laughs> no not not gonna do it not gonna do it
0: speaking of manscaping the wizards did some <laughs> uh landscaping in their front office recently i don't i don't
1: know, I don't know if it worked but i appreciated the effort
0: tommy Shepard is now the general manager sashi brown is in their front office accomplishing a role. Yeah, He's
1: um, he he currently being paid by the Washington wizards. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, who else they brought in? John Thompson is like a, what, what is it? Like a player, uh, yeah. you know, John Thompson, who, uh, still,
1: who still calls it, it, It's old man, John Thompson, right? No, it's the new John Damn. Thompson. I just love, I love listening to old man, John Thompson on the radio during March madness because, uh, he literally means no blood, no foul when uh, when he commentates a game. Uh, Old yeah. John Thompson's the best. Young John Thompson, well, nepotism's kind of a fucker in it.
0: Yeah, shout! Sh- hey, JT three made a final four. I'll give him. I'll give
1: JT three the fact that he made a final four. This and job? How many college basketball teams are there? And how many jobs does he have in it?
0: This job? Uh, yeah, I'm not super sure um, what the plan is for him. Um, well, it doesn't really matter, ultimately. Athlete Development and Engagement Department? Um, He's a glad hander. Kind of, yeah. They're going to try and offer a three-year, $111 million extension. Yeah, there's, there's a reason that John Thompson was the guy that was on the disaster fucking college basketball commission that has us dealing with this total joke of... You know, college basketball camps that are going on this week across the country. There are like four different, like NCAA camps happening. The coaches' texts that I'm getting uh, are spectacular in so many ways. Like, care to uh, anonymize and and share some? Yeah. One was, this is a total waste of our fucking time. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, One was, there will now be more transfers because, um, (laughs) like, these tools or this setting is so bad for evaluation because there aren't good players here. So like any reasonable player just like stands out. And even some like guys that they know are like D3 level gunners are standing Mm -hmm. out because there's just like no one all that good there. Like instead of AAU where you go to Peach Jam, you go to the Fab 48 in Las Vegas and feel pretty good about the fact that you're seeing a lot of division one. You're seeing some dudes. Yeah. Um, now you're seeing like D3 guys go up against D1 guys and it's a trash fire.
1: But it's legitimate.
0: Yeah, fuck that. I that's, mean,
1: that's the point. I mean, like, it's, it's laughable.
0: Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing is laughable. The fact that the NABC has scared all of these coaches into uh, talking about or not being willing to put their names on like, criticism of it. Uh, The fact that we have have Dan Gavitt out here just being like, we will not go back to the way it was. Man, what are you doing? Like, you have made this process worse. This is the
1: future the NBA wants, Sam.
0: No, it's not. This is... A demonstrably worse way to go about recruiting high major prospects no qu- uh, no question. or even There's like no... low major prospects, because you're now it just, it... limiting the days for low major kids to be seen. Yes, um, which is always just, good.
1: What you want is as little exposure as possible.
0: Like the best way for teams to get scouting now, like low major teams, is just recruit off of tape. Genuinely. Rec- evaluate off of tape alone. Mm. Don't go to these bullshit events and figure it out. Like this, hope, hope that's where we're at. It's exactly nice. where we're at right now. Um, well, but that's what John Thompson was involved in developing. So shout out John Thompson. Third. You gotta feel good about the wizard's future. Uh, his, I don't think his role is going to be, do you think, large, do you think they hired
1: so. John Thompson before music? Messiah Sherry turned them down? Or do you think that was an after the fact thing? Because, uh, if you hire John Thompson and your Messiah, you just go, nah, I'm good. No, nah, I, I don't think that. I think it was after, um, isn't, oh isn't isn't not it just somewhat like transparent though that they went all in on Maasai and came up short and then are like, oh shit, we didn't have a plan B. I,
0: I will say that like I have not confirmed that Maasai turned them down um and that an offer was made. That is that is where I will go with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I, I I don't I don't know the details of it, but like listen like, I don't know how if you're the wizards. Or let's just say, a competent organization, which the Wizards are clearly not. Um, they're good at it's spending so funny.
0: money. Like the Capitals are so well run.
1: Yeah, but that's because you have a hard cap, and it, you don't have. It, it's but not like, that Ted, complicated. Ted's not afraid
0: it's, to spend money, though. Like no, that's no, no, never no, been no that's Ted's the thing. Issue. That's what
1: I say. He's good at spending money. He's just I don't think that he's very good at managing teams. <laughs>
0: and look, here's <laughs> the, the thing NHL too,
1: is set like, up to. You have to be pretty incompetent to fail, and, and trust me, there are plenty of those teams. But uh, well, here like the NHL the thing. is pretty straightforward.
0: Like, you know, we're shitting on this thing a little bit, and like everyone I've talked to around the NBA, yeah, um, good for who's like talked to talked talked about Tommy Shepard to me is like, yeah, this guy deserves it. Like, he's earned a shot to be a general manager, um, right? That, you know, that's fair. I, I don't want to on him. Like, he we're might, all he rooting might and hoping that shit. he
1: does well. Um, he wasn't their first choice.
0: Well, my question is like. Who is Who is the person running this organization? Is it Sashi Brown or is it Tommy Shepard? Because uh, Sashi uh, Brown is the chief planning and operations officer of Monumental Basketball,
1: oh, no. which is the that group. Sounds like that, he's the superior. Yeah, that's not good. Um, we'll it see. It might be. Actually, I don't know. We we don't know. Sashi's I think Sashi Brown's a smart guy. Like,
0: well, like, here's the thing. Like, I think Sashi Brown had the right idea in the NFL from a strategy perspective. I just think that they couldn't evaluate yes. whenever he was there. So At to have point, Tommy Shepard now. You need to know
1: about football dudes.
0: Yeah, like, to have Tommy Shepard now, Tommy knows how to evaluate. Sashi is maybe, like, the strategy guy.
1: So you're talking macro-micro situation. Yeah, like, it genuinely might
0: work. I would love for it
1: to work. What I don't understand, though, is, like... It's new, though. You, you see you see Daryl Morey begging somebody to come and save him.
0: <laughs> save me from Tillman.
1: Yes, exactly. Like, just begging. Like, please. Like, the man is falling apart in front of us. Um, he was doing so great for so long, and now he, he's clearly on the downslope of um, <laughs> overall wellness. By the um, way, they're, they're going to, like, make... They're going to be good this year. The Rockets no are going to be good. No question. Like, they're going to. They're going
0: to be in the the group.
1: There's no yes. question about that. They're
0: a top seven team in the NBA again, and right in the mix to potentially win a title.
1: No question. They're never going to get there uh, because of the, the, they don't have the mental makeup on that team. That it just is what it is. I am uh, I'm not as convinced of that as you are. I will I've say. seen it in. Per, you, you cannot unsee what I have seen. Nevertheless. Um, Daryl 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 doesn't need to get fired by some hothead owner who wants to, uh, like, do you know the name of Tillman Fertitta's book? No. You ready for this? Yes. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta pull it up. It's, is uh, it, is it's it a no, here, here, here you go. Here you go. It is called, first off, let, let me explain the, the cover to you here. It's his face and just his face. It's called Shut Up and Listen, Hard Business Truth That Will Save Your Ass and Help You Succeed. Sure. That's the guy who's running the team. And I, there's a video, uh, I believe uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN has it, though many did. It was a big pile after the Rockets completely shit their pants in game six of the Western Conference semifinals against the Warriors, where I am standing near the Warriors huddle. And Tillman Fertitta, all five foot six of them or so, goes up and does sort of an impromptu press conference um, with the Houston media. And I am behind the frame, able to hear all of this. And Fertitta's like, we're going to teach these guys some Fertitta-isms, and it's all the, clearly the stuff that he has in in this book. And like, I'm going to teach you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to do it my way, and we're going to do it the right way, and all this stuff. And there's a video of me rolling my eyes aggressively as this guy's talking uh, from from a distance, and then looking at everyone else in the huddle in this Houston medium being like, "Are you guys hearing this shit? Like this guy, this guy is totally in a, like." He's an egomaniac. I've never been in an arena where there have been larger, more frequent photos of the team's owner plastered on the walls. Like, this, dude's, this dude, we got to save Daryl. I, I would like to save Daryl. I think Daryl is uh, is very good at his job. Daryl is... There's no question. And he would have done a great job with the Washington Wizards. And I'm sure he might have even taken a pay cut.
0: No, he wouldn't have taken a pay cut. Daryl's <laughs> hey, I... making like... Seven million a year, I feel like right now. So like, yeah, Daryl
1: Darryl is we, eighteen months from getting shit canned for no good reason.
0: And it's but it's not going to matter. So like, Daryl, at the end of the day, he should keep making his money from Tillman Fertitta and keep taking that dude's money, just because no one is going to think less. Shit. But no one's going to think less of Daryl once he if he gets fired, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of shit
1: that can happen. No, no one lot is of gonna.
0: Shit. I don't think anyone is gonna think less of Daryl. Like Daryl is so fucking good at this. No, that's that, fair.
1: Like, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good point.
0: Like he's gonna be able. I, I'm not saying that like he's gonna be able to like hundred percent walk into whatever general manager manager job that he wants. Um, kind of like David Griffin was sort of kind of able to do. Um, you know, David had his pick of a couple different spots. Correct. Honestly, I no, I do think Daryl would have his pick similarly to David, where he would be able to turn down job.
1: Yes, I, I agree with that. But I don't know, like the, the wizard should, in theory, be a an interesting job. And know, it feels like a missed opportunity there. Yeah. Ted Leonsis wants to spend a bunch of money. You go to Daryl Morey and you say, how would how would you like, uh, you know, a 30 percent raise to be the president of whatever, you know, be Sashi Brown? And uh, and you get to figure figure out. Our, well, <laughs> 30 percent raise
0: for Daryl is 10 million. That's
1: what I'm saying. OK, Ted Leonsis loves spending money. 10, 10, 10 is a lot For the president of monumental basketball I don't think so that's what <laughs> Listen, listen, I don't know I'm just saying, uh, clearly the Wizards Had their sights set on something More different than what they're Getting now, and well, that's they're, not they're, to say what they're Getting now is bad, or I that it won't know,
0: work I don't even know that they had su- Their sights set on something more I think they just wanted to do something weird and different Like, they like, want Grunfeld to
1: Grunfeld died for this Like, he needed to go, but, like... Ernie
0: needed to go five years ago. Ernie needed to go a decade ago. Like,
1: (laughs) but, like, so here... It's bizarre. Like, it it doesn't scream to me competence that you finally get rid of the guy that you had held on to for so damn long. And you, you just pick his number two.
0: I don't know. I mean, look what happened with the Raptors this year. They picked Dwayne
1: Casey's number two. They also got Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. but like uh, Nick Nurse is a very good coach, and he. But was like Nick Nurse well was better than they, Dwayne this year. I totally, I could not agree more. I Like, l- and listen, sometimes Dwayne has a, a lot of positive job qualities, job but I want Nick Nurse coaching my team.
0: Right. Some guy. Sometimes a guy gets a job and is better at the job than the guy ahead of it. It's, it's the Trevor Lawrence, the
1: Kelly Bryant situation at Clemson. Sure. Like, is Kelly Bryant a bad quarterback? No, not at all. But like, you got it. Jalen Hurts and and Tua. Like you gotta go with the dude, right? Right, go with the dude. And maybe Tommy's the dude. Um, again, like if Tommy was the dude, you don't wait as long as they did.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about how Ernie Grunfeld
1: had them over a barrel for fifteen years,
0: <laughs> and that's a, that's somehow
1: a, yeah. kept this. It's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird there. The Sashi Brown thing is interesting. Um, I'm genuinely I'm intrigued by the Sashi Brown thing. Like, oh, you should be intrigued. Uh, you know, but, but let's prognosticate here. Like, how's this going to work? I mean, it, it, the, the, uh, no, issues I, that the I Wizards don't know.
0: Like I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact that I don't know how it's going to work.
1: If I'm interviewing you for this job, what is your opinion on Bradley Beal? Obviously he's a great player and all that. What do you do with, with uh, Mr. Bradley? Beal? So you, I, would, which camp
0: like? I would do what they are doing. Like I would offer him the extension. Um,
1: okay. cause you can move it. Mm,
0: no. Cause I want to build around Bradley Beal. I think Brad's really good. Um,
1: I agree, but,
0: As soon as he declines it, I am trading. Okay. Or if he declines, maybe you won't. You put the ball in his court. Yeah, but yeah, I would put the ball in his court. I'd be like, "Look, we will offer you this extension. We think you're a stud, but if you don't take it, we're gonna move you." Yep. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to go about it. Yeah, like that. I I used to be firmly on the move, Bradley Beal like train. I at least would offer him this extension now. I think that's where I'm at. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that that's the right play. As but if don't. he
0: turns it down and you now Bradley Beal for two years, you have to trade him, I think. Yes. Like, because you're wasting one of those years this year, at least, without John yeah. Wall there, without any other competence on this roster. With If you take Bradley Beal off this roster, this is the worst NBA team in the league, by far. I'm running, they are considerably I'm running worse than Charlotte. It, they are considerably worse than Charlotte.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nope, you're 100% right. That's, that's true.
0: With Bradley Beal, I, again, like, I think Brad's one of the 14, 15 best players in the league. So.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Not, a, not a great. Maybe, I mean, listen, maybe, maybe you have to go with the number two because who else wants it? Yeah. No. I, I, I still think there'd be people who want it. I think it's such an interesting and strange and weird position. I think the there would be people who, have
0: taken it, who would have taken it. I will say yeah. that.
1: Um, I'm interested to find out in the, in the coming weeks who, uh. Who, who For what it's worth, I don't. To, I,
0: I don't know that many people were. Doesn't
1: sound like, like there was a lot of movement. Yeah, um, just weird in and of itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that I, I don't know that there was a ton of like outside discussion on this. I will say um, it was fun from and what weird. What I've been told, at least. So we'll uh, we'll see. And like Fred Katz has reported the shit out of this story, and Fred has kind of noted that. Um, the way they wanted to do something, they wanted to go about something different, right? Yeah. Um, and this is different. I'm intrigued. We'll we'll see where it goes. Um Gumby. Yeah. Do it's we? Peculiar. We're not going to talk about the Knicks or the Warriors. I have that on our thing, but like we're just. Not There's, gonna no to do it. There's, There's no time. There's no time. time. Um, do we want to talk about the World Cup and how no USA players want to play in the World
1: Cup? Well, at least we still have Thad Young.
0: Shout out Thad Young. I thought Thad Young was one of the best signings in the NBA this year.
1: Yes, I agree with that. I don't know if I want him representing the United States of America
0: for your Chicago Bulls.
1: Yes, it was a good signing. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I love this tweet from Shams uh, six hours ago from when we're talking. Uh, sources have uh, star Kevin Love is expected to withdraw from Team USA. Kyle Lowry, with that thumb surgery, is, is remains committed. From Shams, quote-tweeting himself, Team USA has a strong blend of youthful players and veterans. This summer's training camp will provide a platform for energizing young players such as Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzma, and Miles Turner, all of which are very good players, don't get me wrong, with this part, with gritty vets like Lowry, P.J. Tucker, and Thad Young. We're sending out P.J. Tucker and Thad Young at the World Cup and expecting to win? Yeah, we are. I actually... I mean, what, they're two of the top 100 players in the world at
0: basketball, right? Yes. I mean, like, what other team is going to be able to, like, throw out as they're off the bench two top 100 players in the world?
1: None, per se. Right? Don't, don't so, push me. You know international basketball far better than I do. I'm just saying this ain't the dream team.
0: So like Serbia, I think is the second favorite right now to win it.
1: Okay, Re- um, tell me. They, tell they me named that their
0: eighteen man roster. Jokic is playing, which is great. Idiot. Boban is there. Um, awesome. A lot of their dudes are centers, like Nikola Jovanovic, Nikola Milutinov. Well, thank um, God we got Thad Young. Miroslav Radalica. Um, in terms of like their guards, they have Milos Teodosic. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss Milos. They have they have Bogdan. Uh, they have Marco Guterich, who just got signed by the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really it. And they have Bielitsa as well.
1: So Bielitsa is a good player.
0: Yeah. Like Bielitsa is good, but like, they're going to have like their best bench guy is going to be what? Like Guterich and it'll be like the 400th best player in the world.
1: I'm just saying no one is like, oh shit, Thad Young's playing.
0: I don't, I don't know if people are going to watch it, but like Thad Young is not like an unreasonable, like terrible player to invite to something like this
1: no i get it but that that, maybe that's maybe that's the bigger point like what the hell is this like what are we doing here with the world cup
0: look i I think it's a dumbass event and like i am not gonna watch a single game of it like i'm getting married on august 24th and i'm going on my honeymoon for 10 days there ain't gonna be a second of this thing that i watch I,
1: i i i agree with you uh i didn't even know it was happening until people started turning it down uh this is this is bad my concern is looking forward towards next summer's Olympics. And with the amount of guys turning down the World Cup for valid reason, like no one gives a shit, even though FIBA's is trying to turn this into an actual World Cup. Um, I, I'd be concerned. We already got dudes resting on resting on resting in the regular season. Uh, they're concerned about the overall workload, like going and playing in an Olympics that every year gets a little bit tougher like I'm concerned about how good Team USA is going to be. What what kind of roster we're going to get in Tokyo? Like that, that that's going to be interesting. Because it, as much as you know, you get it. It's the World Cup. Whatever. Like it's in China. Like NBA players want to go to China. Like <laughs> there's a lot of money to be had in China. It's not in just China. Where where the hell's the World Cup? Oh, the World Cup's in China. I thought you said the Olympics. Yeah. And the the Olympics are in Tokyo, which right. not as big of a market.
0: Uh definitely not as big of a market, but And not gonna be on in prime time. A market that they will want to expand. There there is there is strong incentive to go over to Japan right now in okay. terms of endorsements.
1: Okay. Not as much as China.
0: Not as much as China. Would agree with that.
1: Thad Young's about to get that Chinese money, baby.
0: I would love that.
1: Give Ch- Give Thad Young all the
0: money. Just I'm that. rooting for Australia in the World Cup. That's where I'm at. That's the other... I mean, that,
1: there's another issue. Like, fucking Ben Simmons isn't even playing for Australia. So clearly, this is an NBA issue. I think that's true. I think that's definitely true. Um, FIBA's, FIBA's going to have some issues.
0: We got we got Patty Mills. We got Joe Ingles. We got Mitch Creek. Uh, we got Aaron Baines. You we got, got Delhi, We got Bogut. You know, let's let's do this thing. We got Jonah Bolden. Okay. We, we, got <laughs> we got names. There are names. We got R.J. Barrett playing for Canada. Uh,
1: who's on the Canadian team? That's the team that I would fear most. I mean, uh, just watching the NBA so, draft this year, we got, obviously we got Nick, you knowing better than I, yeah. but watching the NBA draft, it's like, oh, shit, Canada's coming
0: no it is uh we got michael alexander walker, walker rj barrett um brandon clark uh fiondu those guys were all drafted this year shea gilgis alexander uh trey lyles jamal murray kelly Olynyk is there um stauskas? Stauskas? stauskas corey joseph is uh on this roster um yes. he is very think.
1: canadian and now much richer
0: kevin pangos kevin pangos plays for barcelona Could probably play in the NBA. Damn, I forgot about Kevin Pangos. Could probably play in the NBA. Uh, Mariel Shayok just got drafted this year. Um, Kyle Wilcher. Cool. Shout out Kyle Wilcher. Ken Burchin. Chris Boucher. Boucher was the MVP of the G League this year.
1: Boucher, if he adds 15 pounds, is going to be a dude. Yeah, you're. He might might need more than 15.
0: He needs more than 15.
1: He looked a little bigger. I saw him during the finals. He he looked a little bigger. Uh, He was. He was the slender man when he was playing for the Warriors on a two-way.
0: He's still pretty slender. I stood next to him. Um, it's, it's rough.
1: It's summer league. Oh, oh, you've seen him re- more recently than I, so yeah, it, no, don't get me wrong. It's rough, but that dude can hoop.
0: All right. Do we, do we have anything else we want to talk about? What you you, you had to have watched movies on this trip. What do you got?
1: No, like I didn't watch anything. Um, I'm trying to think. I started watching billions. I think we t- talked about that last time.
0: We did. You've made the right. i kind choice. of
1: in, I'm kind of in, kind of in on billions. What have I watched? Watch like dirty money on Netflix. Um, you know, pretty much I just watch Tour de France, uh, DVR'd. That's pretty much all I do. Play a lot of golf.
0: That is the most Caucasian thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: Listen, I, I, I've been accused of of being extremely Caucasian before. Uh, I'm not leaning into it on purpose. This is, this is just my heritage and I got to embrace it.
0: Let's see. Movies, movies I've seen recently. I saw the worst movie I've seen this year.
1: Give it to me.
0: Secret Obsession on Netflix.
1: Oh, what is that? Explain.
0: So it's uh, with Brenda Song and uh, uh, Dennis Haysbert, uh, Pedro Serrano.
1: Oh, wow. No, no, no. I know who Dennis Haysbert is. He's the uh, the Allstate insurance man, too.
0: Yeah. Shout out David Palmer. Uh, oh, boy. So secret obsession is this story where this woman gets into like an accident that is very clearly in the opening scene, not an accident mm. and goes to the hospital and loses her memory of what happened. And this dude like purports to be his, be her husband. Ugh. And, uh, then like, I guess kidnaps her is the correct word for this, uh, kidnaps her and oh, no. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it goes goes through the process of uh, her finding out everything in her life. It was bad. It was like Laura and I like a, a strong 90.
1: Oof.
0: a strong 90 minutes. it was it was disastrous. Denn um, I mean, there, Dennis there are threads that're like thrown into the, like the part of it. like Dennis Haysbert has like character development that's like thrown in and then never heard from again. Like, no no one ever, like, talks... Oh, it's great. It's so bad. It's, like, laughably
1: bad. Um, Okay. I might be in on watching this.
0: uh, I saw Stuber with Kumail and uh, Batista.
1: That can't be good.
0: It was... You know what? Like, it's one of those movies that people will be like, oh, this movie's just not very good. It's, you know, it's stupid. It's dumb. If you turn your brain off for an hour and 40 minutes... And just like giggle and laugh at the fact that like Dave Batista is having like eyesight problems and trying to do things, it's pretty funny. Like okay. there, there are legit moments where I laughed like fairly hard.
1: Um, what channel will it be on in ten years if channels still exist?
0: I don't know. Maybe H- HBO. I don't know. Is it? Uh, I mean, the, pro- TNT- the problem is-, is that I can like actually give you the answer to that because like based okay. off of yeah. um. Okay, I I don't I don't know who produced Stuber, Um, so Stuber is what. Let's. My point
1: was just like, is is this going to be like a a TNT movie or a TBS movie or I never hear from it? It's never going to be on cable movie.
0: Um, it'll be on cable, I think, at some point.
1: Okay, that's that's. What would be the best setting in which to view it? Is this a go to the -the -the theater movie? Is this a get it early? when it comes on streaming
0: platform you can, you can vod it or you can wait for it okay but it's it's is thoroughly it airplane enjoyable.
1: is it a good airplane movie? perfect is best airplane viewed, movie that's perfect on airplane, airplane got got movie it. okay um, fair enough listen you you can't turn down a movie that is perfectly that is best viewed on an on a small screen in the airport do we do we talk about midsummer on an airplane i haven't seen midsummer yet so don't are you going to yes
0: it's uh it's an experience I, I heard it's a little long. It's, it needed a good edit, I will say that. There's, I we talked
1: about, I think we talked about this, but again, um, I've been in places that don't exactly have movie theaters.
0: Oh, especially for like a movie like Midsummer. Um, needed yeah. a good edit, and there are choices made with the characters. <laughs> okay. that uh, drove me a little bit crazy. But it's also the movie this year that I've thought about most. Like I can't okay. stop thinking about midsummer.
1: And like how weird and I loved creepy her- and I loved hereditary. I thought hereditary was the best movie I saw whenever that came out. Like ex- I was all in
0: extraordinarily different than hereditary.
1: Not an awesome review.
0: <laughs> it's it's not a bad review. Like I, I gave it a B plus midsummer. Like, okay. Um, it's, I'm flawed. also just like a
1: big Florence Pugh fan. Yeah. She's, she's really good. She's, she's really, awesome. Really good. Oh, I did see a movie. I saw fighting with my family, which is surprisingly not terrible. It's very watchable. Extremely watchable. Thoroughly very good.
0: Thoroughly watchable, in large part, yeah, because she was really good.
1: Yeah. Um, did, you ever, ha- did you ever watch the AMC limited series Little Drummer Girl?
0: No, you told me to. It's on my list. Highly, I highly recommend. Don't ha- I just like have not hit that yet. I'm through. Yeah. I'm watching Big Little Lies right now with Laura.
1: I haven't. I, I, uh, listen, I got through like two episodes, and then I realized they're all bad people. And I don't really like watching a bunch of shows about like really bad people doing like shitty it, things to each other.
0: That's how Laura feels as well. I can watch shows with bad people. And oh no, I
1: can. I just it's not something I actively seek like it has to be like really good for me to be yeah. like hell yeah. Like you're watching Billions, right? Let's now. watch that. Yes, but like that that seems light. I don't know. Like Billions does almost, like float
0: the like world of Staying light while watching these terrible people be terrible. It's like Succession too. Succession does that. Succession.
1: Here's the thing. Succession is so good because it's a dark comedy.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely a comedy. It's
1: like, and so we're laughing at them as opposed to like Big Little Lies, where it's just like I'm supposed to empathize with these people. I don't know if you are. I think you are. Yeah, you are. Definitely. I don't want to empathize with any of them. they all suck. maybe uh, Meryl Streep is empathizable
0: have you have you seen it yet? You said you've watched two episodes?
1: I watched two episodes of like the first season
0: oh okay yeah I am I don't really enjoy Meryl Streep's character or her performance
1: in this. Oh my God yeah. what did you just say out loud?
0: I know I know what i i I know what I speak of oh, I, I'm aware of what I've said.
1: I'm like physically taken back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, to me like the best performance in the show is either Nicole Kidman or Laura Dern but and both of them are always dominant like I get the, it. the person I enjoy on screen most is Reese Witherspoon Reese Witherspoon's character is just the greatest I love her <laughs> she is okay. hysterical to watch
1: maybe 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 I maybe I get into it
0: maybe I don't oh, and I watched Brightburn too what the hell
1: is Brightburn I've never even heard of that
0: so Brightburn is a movie done by James Gunn's brothers, I believe.
1: God, Brightburn. I'm literally looking this up. It's like a 2019 American superhero horror film produced by James Gunn.
0: Yes. So it's like if Superman landed on Earth.
1: Oh, I think I saw the preview for this. Yeah.
0: And was evil. Yes. It is the most disappointing movie I've seen this year.
1: Okay. And I'll never think of it again.
0: Like... It is... I, I was very disappointed with it. Because the, the idea of it is so exceptional. Like, it's amazing. And it just didn't work,
1: really. It just never comes through. Yeah.
0: Like, I gave it, like, a C+, because I'm so interested in this idea. And it just didn't... It didn't hit at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. I
1: don't know. Doesn't I think that's great.
0: about all I got, movies-wise. That's all I got. I,
1: um, yeah. I, I will say this. Uh, my main entertainment has been listening to the uh sapiens audiobook something uh, my fiance decided to put on i listen to a lot of audiobooks man i'm thankful i wasn't driving very much on the first leg of this because that thing was that thing was rough i don't i don't <laughs> know how i don't know how people like people like read that book and like it got like recommended to me and i'm like i'm listening to it we listened to the goddamn unabridged version and there are certainly some interesting thoughts but holy shit was that boring. It was like reading a text or listening to a textbook being read. Um, don't get it. Just don't fucking get it. And I can read some nonfiction. Don't get it.
0: <laughs> I love it. My I love my it. my
1: my lowest recommendation. Like I, I I'm there's one thing curtain box are truly built to do, and that is sit their ass in a car and drive for extended periods of time. Without really any sort of issue, like I don't know what it is, but we're we're good on plow and we are good at, at we're good on plow and we're good at driving cars long distances, <laughs> it just it, it, in monotonous landscapes. Um, but that that book made me question everything, and not for the reasons it thought it was it was going to make me question everything. We're going to end uh, on. Curtain box are good on plow. You know, Um, like, like, listen, (laughs) listen, you'll see. You'll see soon enough. We're excellent on plow.
0: Hefty, hefty family. (laughs)
1: Good haunches on
0: us. (laughs) Um, Hefty is strong. Large family.
1: We're we're like, (laughs) this is kind of a dark story. (laughs) Sturdy family. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Like, people laugh at, like, the notion of big boned. Like, we're legitimately giant boned. <laughs> like, um, I, like the, the, the main takeaway that I had from uh, my, my grandfather's funeral like five years ago, and it was he was old and was stuff, you know, smoked his entire life. Like, it wasn't like some super somber occasion. But there's a certain reverence and distinction that you put into, you know, uh, a funeral and such. And I remember it was an open casket. And my mom, who this is not her father, uh, like when we go up to the casket. She's like, "Look at the fucking shin bones on this guy!" <laughs> like <that's, laughs> the main takeaway. Is just like, "Holy shit, this guy was good on plow." So <laughs> oh we God. are we are merely South Dakota farmers that have have moved far and wide and give terrible hot takes now.
0: We gotta uh, we got read a reader review from the podcast. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're probably going
1: to, I'm going to probably scare them off now. Uh, we're
0: doing this. We're doing this thing where we read the best reviews, the funniest reviews. So please leave a five-star review on the podcast. Uh, if it's funny, we will read it. Um, yes. Please do that. Uh, game theory from journalist, Nate game theory is one of the Oops, best Nate. hoops podcasts out there. Sure. You could make a drinking game out of how many times Sam says, I'm here for that. But the <laughs> hoops. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. He's a person. <laughs> I'm I'm here for that. Thank you, thank you, Nate. That's fantastic. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's terrific. Thank there you it is. so much. What for else? That. What else do we need? Uh, this has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Android, whatever. Uh, podcasting app you use again uh, leave us reviews on Apple uh, podcast slash iTunes we will if you leave a funny one we'll read them uh, on the podcast Uh, that's all we got though for this episode until next time we'll talk soon bye